You guys remember playing telephone as a kid? I whisper something into somebody's ear and it goes around. And what happens by the time it's at the 20th kid? It's totally different. In many organizations, that's exactly what happens because somebody is setting expectations, not for those that they're leading, they're setting it the way I would do it. So when we actually take the time to have the conversations and understand, well, how does this person learn best? How does this person like to be recognized? Those little nuggets, that closes the loop on expectation setting and actually allows us to better pay attention to their strengths. Welcome to the Best Self-Management Podcast. I'm David Hassel. And I'm Shane Metcalf. Me and David have been working together along with our co-founder, Nazar, and all the amazing other people that are a part of 15.5 for the last seven years. And we are not the same people that we were seven years ago. One of the things we're a big stand for is like, how do we actually embrace the whole person and understand that can we support someone in thriving in their whole life? And if we do, then they're probably going to contribute more at work. Your mission is to attract the best talent, retain your high performers, and maximize everyone's potential. Welcome to the Best Self Management Podcast, everybody. My name is Shane Metcalf. I'm David Hassel. On this podcast, we explore how do you create high-performing and highly engaged teams by helping people become better versions of themselves. I'm really excited today to have an old friend and collaborator with 15.5, Darren Verasimi, on. And uh, Darren is a TEDx speaker and co-founder and COO of 34 Strong, comprised of a team that believes everyone deserves a great place to work and that any workplace can be great. A leading expert in the global employee engagement community, the 34Strong team leverages the strengths-based approach to human development to create massive shifts within organizations, both culturally and on the bottom line. He and his team have created sustainable change in small micro-businesses all the way up to large organizational teams at the FDA, Bank of America, and the California Department of Public Health. Darren, welcome to the show. David and Shane, it's always a pleasure to get to see you both and get to spend some time with you. I'm elated. It's a really fun story. I mean, you've played a really important role in my life, Darren, and that is that I was familiar with Gallup Strengths, and I, I'd taken my assessment and I got it, and I was uh, I kind of equated it to a bad horoscope. And don't get me wrong, I like astrology, but. It was kind of like, I guess I can kind of see how that relates. And I read it, but it put it back on the shelf and it didn't really impact me. And then it was actually our producer, David Misney, who connected with you and invited you to come in and do a workshop with us back when we were, I don't know, 13 people as a company or something like that. Um, In the old runway building, the old Twitter building uh, on Market Street. And you led us through a half day workshop on strengths and the you know, really opened my eyes. It was an epiphany moment of how powerful and how deep the conversation about strengths can go. First of all, thank you so much for your impact on me and then also the impact that you've had on 15.5 and the way that we've now integrated strengths much deeper into our culture, but also into our product. So uh, thank you. You've had a tremendous impact on the collective of 15.5. You're welcome. I, I really appreciate that. It's it's an honor to see companies and organizations like you that are going out there really putting a dent in the universe in regards to the employee engagement work that needs to happen and not just happen and check the box, which can be a 
you know, hallmark sometimes in culture. Oh, we, we got that done. We did that already. But creating a sustainable process for that. So watching the growth of 15.5 and being a part of that front end story, I vividly remember our time together back at Runway and staying in touch with all of you over, over the years. It's been, it's been incredible watching it grow. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I'm curious, you know, Darren, you know, you, you live and breathe this stuff. You know, I think the first time I came across Strengths was probably back in 2004 uh, when I was running a company in New York City. And, you know, to Shane's point, I took the test. It was really interesting. I filed it somewhere on my computer and didn't think about it again for five years. Uh, and then, you know, when we started to bring it into 15.5, and I feel like a lot of people go through that process. Um, I would imagine a lot of our listeners are in that stage of strengths awareness. They've done yes. the test. It's on the shelf. It didn't make any real difference in how they, they do their day-to-day work. So the question I've got is, you know, for you, living and breathing this stuff and being in a place where you, ha- you probably have such a deeper understanding of the model, the strengths, the power of it, how it can be brought to life. You know, what is it you, you think that you know more or better or different? Like, what's the perspective that you hold that you think most people miss or don't have when they think about, you know, this model? So number one, let me start by saying your story and many of your listeners' story, I am that story. (laughs) I Ah, took the assessment, thought it was amazing, was like, oh, this is cool. This tells me a lot about myself. Put it on a shelf and it was on the Sunday maybe shelf for quite a bit of time. I took it and, um, and just had some transitions that were taking place in my own life personally that just needed to take place. My daughter was born, company I was working with, not a lot of trust, not a high level of engagement, right? Um, and something had to change. So I'd taken it and said, I'm going to do something with that someday. And within about five, six months of taking that assessment, it came back into my life. So to get to your question, David, of the perspective that I, I can bring, similar to becoming the best self, right? Like this is all about becoming the best self manager. Can somebody just listen to one episode of best self manager and check the box and say, I'm good. I'm the best self manager. No. Yeah. Only, if they, what, <laughs> Only if they pay $9.99. What? What's that? Only if they pay $9.95. Only if they pay $9.99, right? And if they upgrade, then they can do it in half the time, right? Exactly. That's the mindset. That's the challenge, David, right. that is going on with culture. And I want to be very clear here. Strengths is not the end-all be-all by any stretch of the imagination. It's, it's a tool. There's many great mm-hmm. tools that are out there. It's one of the tools in the 34 Strong Toolbox along the lines of helping to create culture, but the end game is creating great places to work and sustaining that. So when we look at it, it's the shift that comes in our mind. Along the lines, I want to take you back to the Donald Clifton question. He was a person that developed the Clifton strikes assessment. And it was simply what happens when we focus on what's right with people instead of fixating on what's wrong with them. So right. where it becomes applicable where it becomes applicable is when we have understandings. Like I know for both of you, David, you are more, you know, when we had gone through this originally, you need a little bit more time to just kind of think process before you jump right in. Shane, you're more of a verbal processor, right? Like you need the opportunity to kind of talk things out and going through when we can understand that it can shift the way that we set expectations. I give you a really simple question that anybody can ask of a colleague, of a friend, maybe even of a spouse that goes overlooked. And this is not rocket science. It's very simple stuff. How do you learn best? How do you learn best? Because that will give you a glimpse into how that person shows up strong. If I can understand that I'm working with a colleague 
And they're going to need some time to think, to process in their mind before we go to task, then I would be giving them the best opportunity to show up as their best self if I empowered them to do that. So if I came to you, David, and I said, hey, David, I want to put this on your radar. Can you give this some thought? Can we connect about that at the end of the week? Because I really want the depth of your thought. I, I know that's, that's how you learn best and how you'll be able to provide the best feedback. I'm going to get a lot more out of you than saying, David, I need this right now. You give me your front end thought, but you might have some perspective that comes, gosh, if I had a little bit more time to ruminate. And understanding those little nuances open the doors to strengths conversations and seeing people through the lens of what's right with them instead of what's wrong with them. But it has to start with how we look at ourselves. It's the self-awareness to team awareness when we're going on the culture side, but we got to start with self-awareness. Got it. Yeah, that's great. It feels like, you know, one of the things I've actually been talking a lot about uh, internally in our team, especially in light of, you know, the recent recent events and social unrest and whatnot, you know, is just the importance of the skill of empathy, of really being able to understand, because I, th- I feel like a lot of us will relate to other people and have an expectation that they're just like we are. And, and I think, you know, having those, the, the understanding about strengths and that people have a different way of processing information, people think differently, act differently, and that we can appreciate those things and put highlight on that, uh, I think really is the way that we can come together as a team to, you know, to better understand each other and work better collaboratively together. That is so true, David, because we oftentimes live our lives in many, I've coached many, many leaders through this, right? You guys remember playing telephone as a kid? I whisper yeah. something into somebody's ear and it goes around. And what happens by the time it's at the 20th kid? It's totally different. In many organizations, that's exactly what happens because somebody is setting expectations, not for those that they're leading, they're setting it the way I would do it. So when we actually right. take the time to have the conversations and understand, well, how does this person learn best? How does this person like to be recognized? Those little nuggets, that closes the loop on expectation setting and actually allows us to better pay attention to their strengths. It moves us, David, from frustration to fascination. Oftentimes for us, when we're in a state of frustration with somebody else, it's because it's along lines, how could you not see this? Or anybody could do that. When we catch ourselves making those kinds of statements, how could you not see that? Or anybody could do that. It's a piece of cake. That's a great opportunity from a strengths perspective to call time out and say, that's easy for me. That's indicative of my talent. I'm frustrated with that person because likely, not always, but oftentimes it could be they don't have the talents that I have. That's what I'm actually frustrated with. That's actually a sign that we need to show up and give, that we have an opportunity to maybe change our lens and ask, you know, if you know somebody's strengths finder results, being able to ask, well, what, what talents are you looking at this through? What are you seeing? Because we all have different perspectives on how we can get to the top of the mountain. There's different lenses. People, we're going to see different pathways to get up there. But that push and pull is actually really healthy in organizations and leaning into that. This is so great because, you know, David, there's a situation we both know of where there is some frustration. And being able to move from that frustration to fascination. And I love that phrasing, Darren. Right, yes. You know, because it's like, that would be the answer to so many of our problems that we're facing right now in the social fabric is, can we move from, I'm right, you're wrong, to, wow, let me actually be curious. And of course, there are situations where that doesn't apply. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm curious, how do you... 
how do you relate that to if somebody's really just actually underperforming and they're not getting results? How do you not just be frustrated with that, but move into fascination with perhaps subpar results? It's digging into this. This is, this is a hallmark of a lot of stuff that you talk about, but it's actually spending the time digging into the why. Because look, the results mm-hmm. do need to be hit. And sometimes we find that, again, we're not clearly setting expectations with people. Right. So that's an yeah. opportunity for us as leaders to look in the mirror and say, is it that person or, or is it me? Benjamin Zander, he used to be the conductor of the Boston Philharmonic Orchestra. Yeah, I read, one, read well, of, uh, one of his books, actually. Yeah, his TEDx talk. If anybody hasn't seen that, it's about a 17 minute talk. It's musical. It's hilarious. And there's so many powerful nuggets in it. And one of the key quotes that he shares in that was one day he was up there conducting years into being a conductor. And what he realizes is he goes, you know what? I'm the guy when the CDs come out. I'm the one that's on the cover. They put me on the cover. And he goes, I don't play a single instrument. In fact, my back's to the audience the whole time. I stand there with my conductor stick. And he asked himself, he's looking down and he said, how do I know when my orchestra is engaged? Their eyes, they have a shine in their eyes because they're looking up and they're eagerly awaiting, okay, your section's up and just bringing out just the right of right amount of cello, violin or trumpet, whatever it might be at just the right time to create these crescendos and this beauty in music. So that didn't always happen. That was his indicator. And he simply asked this question. And I think it's really important for us to ask as leaders when we're moving to that place of frustration, who am I being that's not putting the shine in my people's eyes? Who am I being that's leading to these results? We've got to look deep at that point first and also acknowledge sometimes there are people that might not be in a right role fit. I mean, we're we're all aware that there are going to be some folks that are just actively disengaged, but we have to take the ownership in what we're going through because sometimes we just go through rolling people into different positions. It solves a problem for a while, but there's a big issue with the the culture within the organization that is going to continue to perpetrate that. I want to talk directly to you listening in for just a moment. If you're enjoying these interviews, the concepts we discuss, and you're committed to equipping your managers to develop highly engaged and high-performing teams, there's some additional resources that we know can help. Access the forever free Best Self Management Certification at 155.com forward slash academy for core management skills that unfortunately are not taught in business school. Visit 155.com forward slash services to sign up for our manager accelerator program to reorient your managers around the essential skills needed to conduct effective one-on-ones, offer meaningful feedback, and coach their teams to greatness. If you want exceptional software that integrates beautifully with our education and training, visit 155.com today. So Darren, I want to go back to strengths for a moment, you know, and and taking it from this uh, strengths as a kind of a two-dimensional experience and into a much more multidimensional lived embodied experience. And so how do you actually, like, what is the key to having strengths come alive? I know that for me, it was going a little deeper, spending a little bit more time, connecting some of the dots in my own work habits with my top five. I. And then ongoing contemplation. But what have you seen 
that organizations do well that actually becomes truly strengths-based organizations? They have conversations with their people around one of the exercises that we go through. This is really simple. And I think we actually will be able to provide a link for everybody even download the process of this. But give people an opportunity to identify what are their grind zones, what are their greatness zones, and what are their genius zones. So whether you've taken the strengths finder or not, you can give people a pause to identify what in your work is a grind, okay? And we can do this for work and for our personal life. It's very, very powerful. But what's a grind zone? Like, what are the things that just thinking about them put pits in your stomach? When we're in our greatness zone, gentlemen, we feel really strong. We do them really well. They bring us some energy. And, 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 and we go along pretty well. And we can, we can make an impact. We can handle these things. Right. Build a good career. Get paid well. You got it. And, and, and there's some level of enjoyment there. That's, that's a key piece of it. And there's some level of energy. Now, when we're in our genius zone, genius is fascinating. Because when we step into that genius zone, and these are just the simple pieces that we've put together, the genius zone can be elusive. And here's why. Few can hold a candle up to you on your performance on these things. And these are often areas that we don't even value in ourselves because they come so easy to us. These are the things we're going, it's no big deal. It's easy. You know, uh, you, you, could te- you could teach any idiot to do these things. And that oftentimes couldn't be further from the truth because it's just how we think, how we breathe, how we roll. So when we're going through this and we're taking it into the whole person, Asking, what are the things that energize us? What are the things that actually exhaust us? That can be a powerful conversation to have with your team in one-to-ones, even on the whole with the team, like identifying what are things that energize you in work? What are things that exhaust you in work? You guys both know I've been a musician for, for many years. I've got basses here on this wall and I have a studio downstairs, right? And I've been playing a lot of music in quarantine. But one of the things I, I want to share in that lens that we've encouraged on our team too is asking what creates energy in other areas of your life as well. In times of uncertainty, in times of unrest, with everything that's been going on in our country from COVID to race relations to the diversity and equity conversations to people being uncomfortable, we still need to find certainty anchors in our life. Jonathan Fields, the Good Life Project podcast host, he talked about that in a book many, many years ago. Our strengths are oftentimes certainty anchors. And I tell you the story about playing bass because for me, that gives me kind of a pendulum that I can get back to. I can still feel creative. What do do I need to be in 34 Strong? What do I need to be for our clients? What do we need to be? We need to be creative, adaptable. That's a portion of my brain that I already have deep access to through the bass. But sometimes I need to warm it up. So even though it feels like I don't have time to play bass, it's actually switching that question to how can I afford not to do these things that bring me energy because it gets us to show up stronger for navigating whatever it's going to be. And that's a big part of what we've been encouraging within our team, taking the pauses in between, go get outside, go take a walk in between Zoom sessions or webinars that we're doing. And people have really been taking that and heeding that. Now they weren't as much on the front end, but that's kind of <laughs> folded in our right. operating system now. That's great. You know, I actually, that's one of the most powerful questions I ask of my team periodically is I actually ask them to do an inventory and share the percentage of the things they do in their role that give them energy or that are energizing versus the percent that are not. And I tend to look for, you know, 75% or above is kind of, you know, what I feel like is the sweet spot. I'm curious, like if you have kind of a, a bar for that. Um, but I love the second question, which I'm not asking, which are what are the other things in your life that also bring you energy and encouraging uh, our team to go find those things? I think, Shane, you know, we were talking about, I forget what we were calling about the plan 
Uh, oh yeah, like you, a, yeah. a personal recharge plan. Exactly, exactly. And I think that could be a great question for people to reflect on because it's not just rest, right? It's 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 finding those activities that actually give you that you know that energy and that juice. Yeah, I'll share this with you guys openly. Uh, right before this, I, I wanted to re-listen to some of some of your podcasts. I've been listening to some of them to prep for today. So I planned out a block. I blocked it on my calendar and I, I put 15.5 podcast prep. I went into my gym that I have and I have a, I have a heavy bag. I'm, I'm a martial artist and I work that, but that gives me a lot of energy. And that's a big part of the things that I need to do to show up strong for different things that we've got because it gets the blood flowing. It gets me moving it's so easy though, gentlemen, especially when we're going through unrest, when we're going through this wall of 2020, let's just call it, <laughs> that's coming at us, right? That's coming at us. Yeah. It can feel like, oh, I can't afford to do that. I've got to check this one more box. I got to go through. I got to do this. Well, here's the thing that I look at. We have so many unknowns that are coming at us. Whatever comes at me, whatever comes at our team, I just want to make sure that people's mind and their emotional energy is showing up at the strongest level that it possibly can. So whatever it takes to do that work on us individually and collectively as a team, it's some of the most important work that we do and empowering our people to do that and letting them know, like, we expect you to do that, to take that time to not just recharge, but to actually energize. Because mm. recharge, recharge talks about the drain and having to get it back up. Well, we got to actually build the counterbalance into this. And doing the things that bring us an energy surplus are going to offset some of the massive unknowns we're going to face. And I actually think that'll help build resiliency. I know it has with our team. Brendan Burchard has this great quote. He says, a power plant doesn't have energy, it creates energy. And I think that's a really good way of thinking about this, of like, we need to be those power plants. We need to find the things that actually create new energy in our lives, especially when we're facing the hardest challenges of our lives. This last quarter, Q2, 2020, hardest quarter of my life. You know, certainly of my professional career, I've been challenged and invited into higher standards than I ever before. And if I did not have those anchors in my life, if I didn't have the practices that do generate energy, I don't think I could have done this because getting you know put through the meat grinder and just feeling just beat up at the end of the day and being able to take myself through process that allowed me to uh, essentially go through a bit of a rebirth on a daily and weekly basis to then be able to show up with a, a soft and open heart the following week and continue to lean into those challenges i don't think i could have done it I couldn't agree more with you, Shane, and I've, I've definitely felt the same way in, in going through this. And I love your word usage of rebirth because that's exactly what it is. And, you know, there's that old, old saying, I, I don't know who says this, but there's no growth in the comfort zone and there's no comfort in the growth zone. And sometimes <laughs> storms come not to rock us to our core and knock us out, but to actually clear the way and create clarity for exactly that we need to do. We're talking about unrest. We're talking about many of the conversations that are now taking place with diversity, inclusion, racial equity, different, different elements like that. But you know what? It's challenging, but change is actually starting to happen. I was in a series recently and um, I, I did a, a camp with a five-time Grammy award-winning bass player, 
Victor Wooten. I was one of the co- co-facilitators with him. Not as a bass player. Let me just get that out of the way. I'm not that good of a bass player, right? But <laughs> maybe just, after quarantine's over. Maybe, maybe after right, quarantine's exactly. over. I don't know. I, 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 I got a lot of work to do to get there. But we were doing a camp called Future Vision Camp and helping a lot of musicians. And actually, we had a lot of non-musicians from around the world that joined in for this as well. He gave a powerful analogy. And I think it's important for us to think of it this way. Right now, we're kind of like a slingshot, right? A slingshot to create forward momentum. What do you have to do first? You actually have to pull it back. And we're in the feel of like that tension of pulling back right now in so many areas of our world that we're living in right now. But in pulling it back, we can actually use that to create incredible forward momentum. Mm. Well, and I think it's really, it's so comes down to, can we trust the process? Can we trust the discomfort? Can we trust the suffering, the shadows of our lives? One of my favorite sayings is like, trust the shadow, it contains a gift. Every shadow contains a gift. And so as we're pulling back, as we're getting stretched, can we trust that that is actually the thing that is going to launch us forward? So... I'd love to hear a little bit, you know, because I know that your philosophy around how do you create, like 34 Strong has evolved from being focused primarily on strengths to strengths almost as the foundation of how do you build a truly great workplace. And so I'm wondering, what are the other elements that you want our listener to really take away that they should be factoring into the equation, you know, like the universals? of how you achieve greatness as a culture and as a company, what are some of the other key pillars aside from strengths? Yeah, I want to share the four needs of followers as identified by the book Strengths-Based Leadership and how that plays into managing in times of uncertainty. So I'm going to start by sharing that. And then I've got hopefully a tool that can be really helpful for people, just some useful questions that people can ask that, that's based on one of our manager intelligence skills that, that we have here. So the four needs of followers is a book that was strengths-based leadership that came out a while ago. But in that book, through Gallup's research, they identified the four needs of followers. And those four needs are trust, compassion, stability, and hope. Those are the four needs that people have to follow. So if you're leading anybody and you're, you're expecting them to follow along, they're going to need trust from you. They're going to yeah. need trust from you. So what's one way as a leader that you can create trust right now? You, you gentlemen have talked about this in previous podcast episodes, but it's right now one of the most stable and certain things in some people's lives actually is their job, their business, right? Like your workplace can be a certainty anchor for you as a manager, as a leader, or even if you're not in, in you know, a title leader, but you're within an organization, you're leading something, you're the leader of your life and you're leader of how people are going to interact with you. So what's one thing that people can do right now to help build trust in their cultures? Well, be predictable in unpredictable times. As I was talking mm-hmm. about, there's nothing in times of uncertainty and unpredictability that people want more than certainty. We like these anchors. It's, it's kind of like climbing the face of a, a rock, right? Like half dome or something like that. It's a flat face. Now, how do we climb that? We got to put the anchors on right? We got to put those anchors to be able to climb. And you can actually be that by being predictable in your responses during unpredictable times. It's not a function of you have to predict the future, but it's it's being predictable in how you're going to show up. The second one, compassion, right? 
we want to make sure that, boy, if there's ever a season for compassion right now, gents, it's, it's now. Right. We need to take the time to make that a policy for yourself to understand what people are experiencing on a human level, right? And that's going to be on the family level. That could be on with the health issues that are taking place with COVID. That could be on race relations. That could be on social unrest, how people are feeling. But just, you don't have to become where they're at, but being compassionate in understanding where they're at and making that part of your practice. One of the things that people can do, and I know this is part of what you do at 15.5, but creating those intentional check-ins. Maybe it's a five-minute pulse check you're, you're, you're doing and just taking that time to have a conversation. Some people are like orchids and some are like cactus, right? The orchids might need a little bit more spritz and you just got to spritz them once a day and they need that check-in to make sure that they're good. Your cactus, they might tell you, you know what? You know what, Shane? I'm good. I'm fine. I just need to know what I got to do. Put my head down and I can get it done. And that's okay. Right now, even your cactus need a little bit more spritzing. So it's important to make the time <laughs> To, to, to kind of check in on that and, and, and be mentally aware of that stability. You guys are all about this in the, in the three pillars, right? But providing that psychological safety, that's, that's mm-hmm. a topic that you, you have addressed so important. And then the fourth one that I want to share was just hope. It's actually one of our most precious assets during turmoil. And this ties into that, uh, that analogy that I was sharing with the slingshot, but how can you create hope? for change, for meaningful change, for meaningful impact in our work? How are we aligning it to our why? You've all talked a lot about in the past about the importance of creating shared values for the company and for the, for the vision. But we also have to think about that in terms of maybe the micro teams that are within there. Can you provide hope? It's now is a great time to be messaging towards the key mission of what it is that your work creates, the impact that you have. I'll share ours with you when Brandon and I first got together and I'll stop yakking for a minute. <laughs> but one of the things, you know, we are all about creating great places to work. Why, when we started the company, did we want to do that? It wasn't just for what takes place today and tomorrow. It's what happens. You're both dads. What happens when you go home and you get to tell your children, you get to tell your families, I, I work for a great place. I feel energized coming home as opposed to exhausted. You're getting to show up as better versions of yourself to your families, to your friends, to your community. Where our thoughts go, our energy flows, right? So if our workplaces become that, more importantly, what does it mean for the next generation? That's our deeper why at 34 Strong. And when when Brandon and I got together and navigating through challenging times, that's been part of how we've been trying to make decisions coming back to that. Are we moving the needle on making that sort of an impact? Yeah, that's, that's amazing question about the hope, you know, how do you coach managers to do that practically, pragmatically? Like what, what sort of things would you tell an individual manager about how to create hope and then how to also balance that with not wanting to breed cynicism if, you know, kind of the, what they're putting out there ends up not kind of coming to fruition. Where's that balance in, in order to kind of provide the hope, but then things may not go well. So the hope For us, in a lot of organizations that we have been working with right now, especially, David, that's a great question. We go back to our check the box mentality, right? So there's many organizations, many leaders have gotten back to times are challenging, just get the work done. There's so much chaos, just get the work done, get it done, get it done, get it done. And those same leaders very likely might have clearly said, 
hey, that task that you're doing, here's how it connects to the bigger picture. Here's how it creates impact in improving somebody's well-being, right? I've, I've heard you talk about the spork creator, right? Like they're just like, well, right. how does this create any value? Well, how many experiences are had because of sports? Sports are pretty cool. I got to say, just give them a shout out to sports, they right? They still are after all these decades. <laughs> after all these decades, cool. they're still pretty cool. But how many experiences, how many conversations have been had as a result of that? So we can look at these commodity businesses where somebody's getting stuck on the line and going through that. And our default is to go right back to that. It's okay. now that it's important to, to, to remind people that, hey, even if it feels like your employees that you're leading, they've just got specific tasks that they've got to get checked off and get done on their list, just reminding them of how that connects to something much, much bigger. And just folding that in, a great way to do that is by, you know, if you're, if you're having team huddles, which I know you're, you're both big advocates of, we, we are here as well, state your team values, have a different person say them every single time. Each time that we, we go through, ours are courageous heart, strong spirit and grateful attitude at 34 strong. And we've got some, some statements that we make under that every single huddle that we have, we come back to those values and we alternate who gets to say it, but just the process of making those statements, it's connecting what your brain to those thoughts and asking ourselves and becoming a guiding light on that. It's great. I love that. As we really think about integrating, uh, let's see if I can remember them. Uh, stability, compassion, uh, no, no, sorry, trust, compassion, stability, and hope. How do you see COVID accelerating all of those? Because, you know, it's certainly challenging all of those, you know, layoffs, people being in a more fear orientation, security, that can sometimes lead to more blame, self-preservation. How are you seeing these kind of permanently move the ball forward for more of those things in the collective business world. I just want to make sure I understand that question right. How is is it actually setting us up to focus more on those things or potentially moving us away from those things? Increasing the focus and the prioritization of just for instance compassion. Yeah, that's that's a really really important question. It's easy right now to say oh we don't have time for culture. We we don't have time for this, right? I want, to, I want to share a Maya Angelou quote that, that's right in line with this. People won't always remember what you said. They won't always remember what you did, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. And right now, people are going through the storm of their life personally. How you treat them, how you focus on being compassionate, connecting with them on a human le level is going to pay massive dividends for you in years to come, potentially on the positive side, if we're being intentional about having these check-ins, really focusing on this, identifying what your own personal triggers are for stress and what other people's are. But if they're feeling that connection in the worst of times, these become stories in two years, in five years, in six years. We're saying, remember when we went through this, we became stronger together. You can look in many, many different areas of the world. You know, you, you look at elite military teams. I've worked with, with Navy SEALs transitioning out um, through the Honor Foundation, and they develop these really, really strong teams, and they're facing some of the worst circumstances together. Mm. It's because they actually have an opportunity to reset, 
Shane, you talked about a rebirth. It's an opportunity to reset around our values of trust, compassion, hope, and stability. It's actually a great opportunity because maybe people have disconnected in the past on certain things. It's a great opportunity to now ask those questions like, how do you learn best? What is your preferred way to receive information? Because guess what? Now you might have used to just go down the, you know, down to somebody's desk or cubicle or their workspace or whatever it's set up as. And you might have just been able to have a conversation with somebody. Now, you, maybe you're doing that through a screen. Maybe you're doing that through a phone call, a text message. And we can accelerate more the disconnect on these things where we can actually take the time and ask these simple questions. And that's going to make somebody feel like, you're willing to take that time to understand how I prefer to receive information, how I learn best. You get people kind of connecting. That leads into one of our manager intelligence skills there which is individualize your communication. Take the time to ask questions like that. And those are two really simple ones that we can get into. You guys have buckets of them at 15.5 as well. But I know those are two that can really help us to individualize that communication. Yeah. You know, my hope or my, my prediction, not even hope, is that just as uh, COVID is accelerating working from home in a massive way, I think it's also accelerating a more human approach to business. So really understanding, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. These are human beings that work for us with all the complexity and thoughts, feelings, emotions, the internality of these these vast worlds inside of us. And that is equally as important as measuring productivity. I really do see uh, companies suddenly realizing, oh shit, we have to pay attention to this and we need to prioritize supporting that whole person. So true. And if... That doesn't happen now. When things turn and there is more stability, there is more certainty, change has taken place. When we get to those points, there's going to be an exodus of people from those organizations. So there could be a second one economically. If, If businesses think they're in for it now, the real challenge becomes, well, what happens when on the economic side, things return, but because of how people were treated, they're gone. You're being, you know, judged in, in, in public in that space because people will know and they'll go post the reviews as to exactly why you don't want to work for this organization, what they did in these times. That's going to come out. And, the, and that's why we can't afford to take the culture piece lightly at all. It's so critical. It's a great opportunity to focus on trust and compassion because the human needs are so important. A real simple piece, too, on those four needs, Shane, since you, since you asked it, anybody can do with your team. If you need an exercise to do with your team, ask what builds trust, what derails trust. What are the actions that build mm. trust? What derails trust? So you literally draw a line down the center or you can set up a, you know, in, in Zoom or whatever you're using, just have somebody share their screen. What are the things that build trust? Not for you personally. Everybody comes up with that list personally, but then talk about it as a team. That's a great way to start planting the seeds for your values of trust, of the needs of the team. Because individuals' needs are one thing, and then there's going to be the team needs. So when we can have a common operating system of that, that those can develop the seedlings for what you want your value statements to look like, what you want to repeat as a team, uh, and going through. Just so it's not just some you know poster that's on the wall, but it's something that you actually do something with. And then what, what actions? What sort of behavior derails that? So we can focus on staying more in the builders. You've given me a great idea, Darren, which is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask that question in 15.5, either this week or next. And I just am like, oh, I'm going to start asking all of our guests on the podcast, 
what question I should ask in 15.5 of the yes. whole company this week. And uh, I'm glad I gave so, you that, man. Boom. <laughs> yes, I love great. it. Hi, Darren, Again. thank you so much. Really, really always just so enjoy spending time with you. I always come away inspired, more enlivened, connected back to my strengths. Thank you. Any parting words? You know, Shane and David, I'm going to take you back to our first session that we went through as a team. And I'm going to take you back to an incredible African proverb that's at the core of strengths, but more importantly, at the core of culture. And it's simply this. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. Our differences can be our greatest advantages. The Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco stands, well, now today is like the largest wind instrument, I think, because of the wind (laughs) engineering feat that they've gone through. But it stands on those two towers, not because the cables are light and they're not, or the cables are pulling in the same direction. It's actually the fact that they pull in a different direction. That healthy amount of tension gives strength to the bridge so it can support all of the traffic that goes through, everybody that's walking over it. When we lean into our strengths, when we really focus on culture, we can get into the fact that those differences give rise to the best ideas, give rise to strength, give rise to inclusion of different perspectives, different backgrounds. So that's a way to really grow forward. So Darren, where can people find out more about your work? I, you know, We'll include some of the exercises you, you alluded to in the show notes, um, but where can people find more about you and 34 Strong? So for 34 Strong, they can visit 34strong.com. You can find us on social media and on Facebook at 34 Strong. You can find us on LinkedIn at 34 Strong. We have the Manager Intelligence Podcast that is airing at the beginning of July. You'll be able to find that on all of your podcasting networks, uh, wherever you, you consume them. For me personally, and information on the TEDx talk that's coming up in uh, November, you can check me out at darrenbarasami.com. There's gonna be some more information there, some, some of the interviews that I've conducted as well. I'm getting ready for that. Really good, Darren. Thank you so much. This has been great. Thank you both. I appreciate it. Thank you to our producer, Counterweight Creative, to our executive producer, David Misney, and guest coordinators, Sydney Lee and Suzanne Haight. One of the easiest things you can do to help us spread the message of being and becoming your best self at work is to write a review on Apple Podcasts or just share this episode's link on your favorite social media channel. If you have any questions or comments, please email me and Shane at podcast at 15.5.com. We'd love to hear from you. And finally, thank you. Thank you.